Thank you for tuning in to the Foundations Ministry Podcast. We are a sexual addiction ministry located in Fort Worth, Texas. To learn more about us, you can go to our website at www.foundationstexas.com. Oh, welcome to Foundations Ministry Podcast. I'm glad you're taking the time to sit down and listen. My name is Sam. I'm the leader of the Foundations Ministry here in Fort Worth, Texas. And today I'm going to be talking about uh, what is recovery. And specifically, I'm going to hone in on part of the answer to that question, which is recovery is a transformation of values. This is uh, probably the hardest concept to get a, a uh, addict to understand. Uh, we can understand a lot of things logically, and many of us addicts have, uh, very evidenced by the fact that logically I can understand many different things about who God is and what his characteristics are, but that doesn't mean I actually believe that to be true. In the same way I can understand another person's perspective, it doesn't mean I agree with it. So when I'm talking about understanding this idea that I need to transform my values, this is this is a fundamental change in how I view reality. Because as an addict, I have viewed reality through a particular lens that is simply false. My value system is entirely out of sync. It's focused on pleasure, it's focused on safety and comfort and ease and excitement and control. It's focused on all these very, very much so self-reliant aspects of life that I put value in. And and most men, when they first come into a recovery environment, what they're actually seeking is the means to gain control uh, over these aspects. I, I want the ability to achieve these outcomes without the consequences of my addiction. Right, ability to achieve without consequences, which is a fundamental belief system of almost every addict I've ever interacted with. And they've realized when they walk through re- into a recovery environment such as mine, that, that their methods don't work. Their ideas don't function correctly. Their ideas just aren't going the direction they ought to go. And there's a reason that that's not working that way. And this is the hard part to grasp because what we want to believe as addicts is I come in, I want to believe I just need to find the right pattern. As I was told as a young man when I was, uh, when I was caught looking at porn, I was told, look, uh, it's okay to look at porn. It's okay to masturbate. You just need to do it to the right stuff. So what's that mean, right? Well, for that young man, what it meant was I was just looking at the wrong content, right? The pornographic content I was looking at wasn't in the right category. If I could just get myself to be healthily excited by what was quote-unquote healthy in the pornographic world or the fantasy world or whatnot, then that would be totally acceptable behavior. It was actually the first question I asked when I came to recovery. I asked, is masturbation in and of itself wrong? Right, which is it, it's it, it's because I had this belief system that I just needed to change how I was doing something, rather than something was actually fundamentally wrong in my belief system. Right, and so it's hard to shift those things within ourselves. I think we can relate to that. If you sit there and you think about a particular viewpoint on life. Uh, one, it's hard to even identify them, <laughs> so that, that's hard in and of itself. Most of us have taken very little time to examine what our actual beliefs are, 
Uh, I'm more focused on just getting the next hit, high, pleasure, etc. So once I identify, though, thinking about what it would mean for that to change and being able to even comprehend a reality where that belief is not true. To the extent that I, I will treat these beliefs as if they're as real as gravity. In the sense that I I am so confident that if I jump, I will fall, I will come back down to, uh, my feet will hit the ground again, that it's not even a consideration that there's a potential for another scenario. There's not even a thought that there could be another scenario out there, and rightly so, because that is reality. On, on this planet, on Earth, that's reality for us. But for the addict, you see, the problem is, is it's not actually reality. These beliefs are very, very flawed. You see, and when my core beliefs don't line up with reality, I'm going to face serious issues in my life, no matter what. So when I come into recovery and I'm thinking, I just need, I just need some other way to, to remove the consequences, yet keep... Keep the outcomes. So I want, as, as a, man, a man, I'll give an example. A man came into a group a long while back, and he was all sorts of messed up. And it was a sad situation because I, I remember when he had come in several years earlier, and, and he, he, was, he was like many sex addicts. He was in a rough place with his wife. He was looking at divorce and was, was there because he wanted to see if he could do something to prevent that from happening. Right? So he's in this group. He's talking about that, and, and he doesn't want to stick it out. He comes to two meetings, he leaves. And I just happen to remember him because I met with him. Then he comes back a couple years later, and he's, he looks like he's on something. He's, he's on some kind of drug or something. He's jittery. He's paranoid. He keeps looking over his shoulder at everything. This is the same meeting room. I'm the same guy he met with before, and he's all sorts of messed up. And so he starts sharing with me. He's divorced now, and he goes, I just don't know why I keep meeting these really unfaithful women. And he shares with me how this, this girlfriend he had recently been with had cheated on him, etc., etc. He says, I don't know why I keep going with these unfaithful women. He goes, Sam, what I want is I, I want to meet a woman that is faithful but attractive. And I thought, that is the most interesting, uh, interesting way to phrase that statement. Faithful but attractive. And, and what it was is it was betraying a type of belief he had. Because he wasn't really talking about a healthy attraction, was he? He was really talking about he wants someone that excites his addiction, excites that unhealthy part of him, but doesn't have any consequences. And that's how we operate as addicts. I want, I want to be able to have my cake and eat it too. I want to be able to engage in my sexual deviancy but I just want to do it with my wife. That way it's quote-unquote clean. Right? I, I want to be able to engage the way I want, in the way I want, when I want, how I want. Just remove the consequences. So men come into recovery and this is the natural way they operate because that's their value system. The entire value system is wrong. I'm actively looking not to have my outlook of life reshaped. In most cases, what I'm looking to do is I want this treated like you're removing a tumor. You're going to go in, remove a tumor, and then I'm going to be free to go about and do what I always wanted to do and be totally fine and dandy. And of course, that's not really how it works, is it? That's not how the Bible describes the changing process. It describes it as a transformation. 
right? Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies unto God a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service, right? And it goes on and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation is the process that the Bible describes that occurs to us. A, a complete change in nature, right? And other times it describes this as going from, it describes the unsaved as goats and the uh, saved as sheep, right? As two different species of animal, right? Complete transformation and adoption, right? Going from one unit, one familial status, orphan in this case, to Another familial status, complete transformation. So what it's not saying in any context is that I will retain my values. Now, wait a second. I, I, and I get this. Men might come to me and they'll say, wait, Sam, wait, wait, wait. Doesn't the Bible say that if you trust in the Lord and lean not to your understanding, he'll give you the desires of your heart? And yeah, you're absolutely right. And the misconception is the belief that I know what those are. You know, when a child comes to me, and says they would like to eat ice cream morning, noon, and night, they would say that's the desire of their heart, wouldn't they? That's what they desire from their heart. Right? We addicts, we think the same way, but you and I, we know better. The adult knows better. The adult looks at the child and goes, you think that's what you desire. But when you're in, you're in aching pain from lack of nutrients, when you feel sick to your stomach from eating junk food all day, that's not going to be the outcome that you actually desire. You see, God wants what we would want if we were smart enough to want it. <laughs> that, that's how it works. So this transformation of value systems is fundamental to what recovery is striving to accomplish. When we say, I am recovering I'm talking about my value system is being transformed. I'm not merely removing the acting out. My value system is being changed. The addict's value system, my value system in my addiction, is completely self-centered. It's a God complex. I am going to manage and control my life. Now, as a Christian, I might add these nice niceties, these little things of, well, God is on my side, or God is going to help me, or, or any number of different things like that. But all I'm really doing is I'm kind of tacking them onto the side. God's an add-on. God's a passenger in my car, if you will. What I'm not looking at is the idea that he is Lord. I'm not actually accepting the idea that I'm not supposed to have that control. That if I really want the freedom that I seek, if I really want the peace that I seek, it only comes through surrender. If my value system is based on me having control, on me saying this is what's, uh, this is what's what, right, then I'm going to be in a very bad spot. And because that's the core issue. That's what's driven me into my addiction. I thought I could handle life, and addiction was my solution. I got to where I was because of my issues. My best thinking got me there. My best, the best I had to offer got me to that place. In my case, it got me to a place where I tried to kill myself. That's where it gets us each and every time. I have ample evidence that my best is insufficient. So I don't merely need a jolt of energy from God and then I'm going to go out and do my own thing. Right? As Proverbs warned, as a dog returns to his vomit, so does a man to his sin. So the, the goal here is, is, 
is in recovery, if I'm talking what is recovery, it is a transformation of the values so that I no longer am even pursuing the same ideas and outcomes that on the surface may have very noble sounding outcomes, like uh, pursuing good good work in my career, pursuing um, uh, good relationship with my wife, pursuing good relationship with my kids, right? But the underlying motive is that I want to have all the good feelings that come from it. I want to have all the satisfactions that come from it. I want to have all the the outcomes that come from it. And when those things don't happen, I'm frustrated and I'm angry and I'm trying to figure out how I can control those outcomes better. All those things come up and my value system changes. I recognize it's not my job to control the outcomes of those things. I find value in doing the right thing either way. Now, how can I find that? How can I as an addict find that? Because most of my life, I've either based my value on what I think of myself or what I think other people think of me. And so the only way to find that is if there's an absolute that can establish that and is willing to impart that to me in a relational manner. That is God. You see, the relational impartation is important because I am not infinite. So that means even if I understand something today, I'll need to be re-understanding it or re-taught it or have it reaffirmed tomorrow because I'll have new perspectives, new insights, and I'll forget things. So I need a constant relational impartation of these absolutes that is with me at all times, that gives me stability so that I then can go forward and love people in a way that doesn't demand a particular outcome. That is the only foundation upon which that can happen. That's it. But that's an entirely separate value system. I actually actively have to give up most of the dreams that I had in my addiction. It's not that they won't necessarily still happen. I mean, I still work a job. I'll still love my wife. I'll still try to care for my kids. All those things will still most definitely happen. And if they aren't, something's probably wrong. But it's not that they go away. It's that the motivation and the foundation for my pursuit of anything changes entirely. And what appears to be at first a small change has massive long-term consequences. In the same sense that if you change your course on the ocean by five degrees... That small change produces a drastic different landing over the course of an extended distance. Small changes, seemingly small, have massive impacts. And so a change in the value system, a change in the expectations, the motivations that drive me, an embracing of the value system given in Scripture, outlined there, taught to me by the Holy Spirit, confirmed within Scripture, right, and embracing of that, right, it changes my entire course of life. And that's what we need to be establishing as we walk through recovery. That's what I need to establish in myself. That's what I want to encourage other men to establish. And we wrestle with that because it is so pervasive. It is so pervasive. And I don't even recognize it. As I shared at the beginning, often I don't even recognize what my beliefs are. And so I think what I say is what I believe, and that's not true. What I do is what I believe, right? I don't recognize what my beliefs are. And when I do recognize them, I'm not willing to look at any other perspective on them, even when that belief is in conflict with concrete realities. So, for example, concrete reality of, of the fact that I'm supposed to focus on forgiveness and loving people. Easy, very simple, basic doctrines of Scripture as an addict I am willing to reinterpret that to fit my ideals and the belief I, belief system that, no, it's okay for me to be hypercritical, it's okay for me to be angry all the time, it's okay for me to do all this stuff. 
I must have a transformation. And only God can provide that transformation. Only God can provide that. If value is what I'm seeking. Only God can establish it in perfection. He's the only one stable enough. If I find it in people, they're fickle. They might value me one day or one week and then not the next. If I base, if I base it on myself, I'm fickle. What I think gives me value one day will change the next day. I need something external to myself that can reinforce it in perfection. Something eternally stable. If purpose is what I'm seeking, only God can provide one with meaning beyond myself. I can create purposes, but they immediately become empty the second I achieve it. They become empty. If they're of me, they have no eternal value. Uh, Ecclesiastes talks about this to, to great extent. The idea, that, the, the whole point is, right, here's the man who had the most wisdom of any man to ever exist, more wealth than has likely ever been seen in a single consolidated area. Uh, he, he pursued every aspect of accomplishment and pleasure, and he found it all empty. And he, in all this splendor, pointed out that once everything's gone, you're forgotten. We're gone. We're empty. Now just think of this for a moment. Can you name me your five favorite presidents? And of those five, can you name for each one of them five major accomplishments without doing any research? It's arguable to say the President of the United States is the leader of the greatest nation on the face of the earth. The largest, most powerful nation on the face of the earth. You could argue with me about that. I don't really care. You're wrong. So those men, though, it's hard to even think of, for me, I mean, I never memorized the presidents when I was younger. So if you memorize them, you probably know them all. That's great. But to name five, and then of those five, to name five of their accomplishments. And think about that. The highest esteemed position in American culture is the presidency. And we can't name five accomplishments for five different presidents. And I think you get the point. The point being is how, how fickle the idea of accomplishing something, how fickle the idea of that purpose adding value. If I'm seeking real purpose in my life, it has to have a, a value that extends beyond what I control. Well, that's what exactly what God offers. He, he commands us, build a treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy, where the thief can't steal. Where God is, God is saying, I am going to retain this purpose and this value that you are establishing here and now. We are designed for that. We are designed not for finite purpose, but for infinite purpose. Just as Adam was given a purpose when he was put in the garden, before death arrived, he had purpose. And that purpose was given by God. If it's accomplishment that I seek, only God can sustain that into eternity. This is really important. The value system must change. And it's really hard because what it feels like to the addict is it feels like I'm giving up my dreams. And I'm trusting that God can actually deliver on his promises. You see, I'm of the opinion that the way God works this is he demonstrates himself trustworthy. He teaches us. He doesn't have to, by the way. He's under no obligation to teach us. But by his grace and by his love, he chooses to teach us. He taught me that he was trustworthy, little by little, so that, like David, when I face bigger challenges, do you recall what David said? When he faced Goliath, when he's standing there facing him, he made a very profound statement. 
Uh, it might have been when he was talking with Saul. Either way. He said, God has given me the lion and the bear. It must have been with Saul. This Philistine will be just like one of them. And that principle there is important. David had a foundation where he had seen God deliver in arenas that were frightening and life-threatening and dangerous, and God had delivered, and he recognized it was God. Now, as he looked at this greater circumstance, a trained warrior, another man who was fully capable of killing David with ease, he understood that just like those earlier, smaller examples, God was trustworthy. It was a logical step of trust. It was not a blind leap of faith. It was a logical step of trust. That is how I have seen God teach myself and how I see he teaches others. He gives us logical steps, but I have to take that first step. Which again, rarely requires more than just taking a very basic, non-consequential action. Things like attending a recovery group or starting to make phone calls to guys. Uh, getting current, reading my Bible regularly, praying regularly. I mean, these aren't things that have costs. Right? These are things that are very basic, but if I won't take those first steps, because I have ample evidence in the, in the men that have transformed and changed that these steps are worth considering, worth trying, then I'm never going to reach that. And to give up my dreams, I have to trust that there is something out there that can replace them. And what I'm saying is, God will give me the actual desires of my heart. I've just trained myself in the wrong direction. My values must transform. So, appreciate you listening. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're working with guys, always focus on, on getting them back to the right value system. It's so much more than just getting out of the acting out patterns. So much more than just being sober. That is insufficient for the transformation process. And uh, for those of you that are in addiction... Uh, really encourage you, recognize the need to change at a core level. The core must transform and allow God to do his work. If you're in DFW area, get involved in, in one of our groups. We meet on uh, Tuesdays and, and Saturdays. If you're not or you're not able to attend those, find another one. Get involved. Get involved in these groups. We need to be engaged with people. Need to be engaged. At this COVID time, a lot of groups are meeting digitally. Be proactive. Reach out. See if they have a meeting. A lot of groups meet and they just have their social distancing with masks and everything. And that's fine too. Right? But get engaged. Get to work. Allow God to transform who you are fundamentally as he is doing so in my life and continues to do so in my life. I encourage you to move forward with that. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Uh, and I will talk with you again later.